Blog Talk Radio. BlogTalkRadio.com, live from our Washington, D.C. satellite by Radio Saigon, the Feedflow 360 Network. I'm Michael Gardner, joining me always, my partner in crime, creator of Feedflow360.com, the notorious Ben Florence. Try to keep the laughs in. Uh, we'll get to that later, but first off, how was your week? It's been uh, it's been uh, a little up and down. I have uh, one class. I've got this uh, assignment that I had to submit a topic proposed for a research assignment last week. It, it needed to be resubmitted. I resubmitted it. I have to resubmit it again. And our next step's due in less than two weeks. So that's, that's been a little stressful. Wow. Everything else, for the most part, has been great. Uh, how, how have you been? I haven't seen you in uh, pretty much a week. I know, because uh, I couldn't come to Sports Center on Tuesday because we were too busy. Uh, my co my co-rec team in Ramirez, mm. too busy winning by 50. There you go. So we've gone, and we're undefeated so far. Both my club teams are apparently the two highest-scoring teams in Intermuros, and uh, we just, uh, we're getting close to finalizing the official roster, being looking forward to you and Isaac Marks joining me on the sidelines for uh, assistant coaching. But um, once again, this is Fanatic Radio, Block Talk Radio, and call on 646-595-3137. Check out the podcast on iTunes as we heavily endorse the uh, Radio Program, Factor & Gamble, and Odd Walla. Interesting enough, though, because uh, we're going a little bootleg today. Although you can't really see it or, or uh, hear it, hopefully it's, there's no difference whatsoever. But we're trying to do this off my iPhone, so it should get pretty interesting It's the music or anything is shaky enough. But um, not a lot of major things going on in sports this week. The NFL has officially not died down. We still have a, a big story to sort of discuss. But we'll start with the NBA. We'll start with basketball for the first time in quite some time, mm. as it is All-Star Weekend. Yeah. Good old Houston, Texas. I'm surprised we're not down there. Uh, yeah, it's kind of, kind of your neck of the woods. Uh, yeah, the Toyota Center, which is weird because... They need to do a better job choosing the All-Star game. I don't know how is it done with, I think it's just Stern decides it or is a panel or City's bid because as far as I'm concerned, it's um, in baseball, it's every team that cycles through. Like it'll be in Target Field in a couple of years. It's going to be City Field. Yeah, this year. This year. Should be wild. And it, so it cycles through. So, no, Texas had it in 95, and I put it, probably won't get it to, like, 2025 or something like that. Who knows? But in uh, basketball, though, it's been... It was in Houston in 2006. It's in Houston now. It's been in Orlando, Dallas, L.A., all southern cities. It'll be in New Orleans next year, and they host it in 2008. So not a lot of diversity with the yeah. venues, interesting enough, because I'm surprised it hasn't gone off to, like, Madison Square Garden or the Rose Garden. Yep. Uh, Portland. To keep the garden Chicago, together. United Center. Yeah, right. Man, not the Madhouse on Madison, though. No. Well, well I mean, they, no, still, kind of, they still try to call that, but it's not the real Madhouse on Madison. Right. Yet. But, um... The Chicago Stadium. 
legendary. But two events tonight. We have the uh, the Celebrity Game first, and then the Rising Star Challenge. Yes. A lot of people are sort of with the events. Of one of the big rumors discussed that people want gone is the Skills Challenge because players don't try. Yeah. But uh, with these little events, because we we've continually bashed the Pro Bowl on this show. Oh yeah. For the lack of events. But and um, even baseball to an extent, because they only have the home run derby and they have their own little Taco Bell celebrity game. Yeah, which is which is usually really awful. Exactly, uh, except when Kenny, Kenny Mayne's playing in it. That is true. We do love ourselves some Kenny Mayne. Yes, yes, we do. But um, are you worried about or just, uh, concerned about people wanting to get rid of the skills challenge or any of these other little events? You know, I mean, it is a valid point, and I remember watching it last year. I mean, the skills challenge, it would, you know, it's uh, clear the players don't really put it their all. I mean, it's kind of cool, and it has some, uh, you know, real good ones, especially for, like, the point guards, you know, to have to do with, like, at a certain speed, and you have to get the passes right. So it is kind of cool. I can see, though, if the players aren't putting the effort into it, it's, a, you know, but it is also an all-star game, and... You know, there's really only one all-star game where players actually, like, really try on all ends, and that's in baseball. Football is just a disaster. I mean, we don't even have to go further than that. And basketball and football, or hockey, I should say, the thing is is that, you know, they don't play any defense, which is true. Basically, everyone does trick shots, alley-oops. Not that there's anything wrong with it. You know, it's not really a usual NBA game. You know, I always do enjoy the uh, Rising Stars Challenge, particularly this year because the teams are picked but were picked by Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal. I think Shaq's got a much stronger team. And from watching the draft, you know, as Chuck will say, and as he said last night on Inside the NBA, and he said yesterday and, uh, when he was on Farley Interrupted, you know, Shaq's got two point guards. He selected two point guards. You know, he can't play like he's that. He's crazy. He don't know what he's, he's talking he's about. He's crazy. He's got a stacked team, though. He has uh, Skeelan, he has Damian Lillard, yep. who uh, is Chuck's favorite. First overall pick for uh, Rookie yeah. of the Year. Yes, exactly. Point guard from Portland. Kyrie Irving is yep. playing in Sunday's All-Star game. Yes, he is. First time. One of the reserves. Uh, Jersey legend. Re- yes, right. Played yep. against Tyler Tomei. He did. Cool. And he has the stat sheet in the box score to prove it. Yes, he does. Harrison Barnes and Clay Thompson from a very high-powered Golden State team. Oh, yeah. And uh, Dion Waiters, who Kenny the Jet Smith loves. Yep. And then Chuck has Anthony Davis, uh, Kenneth Fareed, who he absolutely loves, and Kawhi Leonard, two guys that have two uh, sophomores <laughs> that have played extremely well this season for their respectable teams. Uh, my boy, uh, Alexi Shved. Yep. And uh, my other boy, Ricky Rubio. Yeah. So, is Shaq's team going to win? By a lot. Uh, you know, I thought Shaq had the better team last year, and it was Chuck that ended up winning big. Um, but you know, I do. I mean, Chuck says he was going for you know, run, uh, you know, runners and shooters. Doesn't really have looking at the roster like great shooters. And I mean, his big men are very good, but he's pretty weak in the backcourt. So I really think that uh, Shaq has got more of an all-around game. You got, I mean, he does have the two point guards and Irving and Lillard, but they can both fill score. Uh, Clay Thompson is lethal for long range. He is unbelievable from deep. Then you got, you know, you got some big, big uh, good big men, including Andre Drummond, who I've, I've been very impressed with. So I think Shaq's going to win. But we all know that I'm usually wrong. So you know, don't don't take uh, don't take my picks to the bank, please. Um, 
you know, I don't want people to lose money because they actually listen to me. I mean, that's actually, of course, their stupidity, but, you know, that's the deal. Well, they try in this game. Is this, is this an event where people should try? Because I remember one year John Wall, he had like 30 and 20 yeah. assists. He was on the team with uh, his good old college buddy, DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah, and that was when, that was the last year of the rookie sophomore game, which I think players tried a little bit because it is more, but the so- especially the freshmen more, because the sophomores would always win, even in the last year, the freshmen won pretty handily. But, um, you know, there's not going to be a whole lot of trying. I mean, there'll be some trying offense. You'll still see your balance alley-oops and lack of defense. But, I mean, there's, I mean, it'll be fun. I think it'll be a good game. I think they'll – I mean, it's not like they're going to be, you know, just hanging out, just chucking out half quarters. But it's not going to be, like, a serious game. But, you know, it shows to be good, and I plan on hopefully watching it. So, you know. Exactly, and we go to uh, plenty of dunks, as we will see on Saturday night for a marquee event, the Sprite Slam Dunk Challenge. Uh, one of the big guys that everyone is sort of taking is James White yes. from the New York Knicks. And Including our good friend Silas Hill on SportsZone when we discussed this. Silas, a slam dunk expert. But they have Bledsoe, Jeremy Evans, uh, Kenneth Fareed again. He's in another event. Uh, Gerald Green, a former winner who blew out a cupcake. On yep. the uh, the back I iron of the it. rim, and Terrence Ross. A bunch of randos, so I have no idea half these guys are. Yeah. But uh, last time I saw James White, and I had to do a little research behind it. They was jumping. Terrence Ross, a rookie from Washington, just to cut you off. No, that's fine. Sorry. But uh, last time I saw James White dunk uh, was in the State Farm College Basketball slam dunk contest. Ah. Since he jumped from the free throw line in 2006. Oh, my. So I love watching those events. Yeah. To see uh, Absolutely. the notables of players that don't really get a lot of, not really good, but have that one talent that they're very good at. And when I did some research and found out it was him, been in Europe for about a couple of years, 30 years old, playing with the Knicks, and everyone says he is the uh, the true favorite. Yeah. Are you going to watch this event? Uh, absolutely. I think uh, the All-Star Saturday night's pretty fun. You do have the dunk contest. You've got, um, you know, you got uh, the, the aforementioned skills challenge. I think the dunk contest... I mean, there's no, like, real big names. I think it'll be a solid field. I think White, you know, he's getting a lot of hub as a favorite. I mean, I forgot I forgot he was back in the league. Exactly. And I basically lost track of him after Cincinnati. So, but it should be good. The one thing I'm really excited about, I think it's going to be awesome this year, is the three-point contest. Because the, the field for that, in my opinion, is, a, is one of the strongest in years. So as strong as any I can remember, we got Stephen Curry, who we all remember how good he is. Then you got two guys that are basically kind of carbon copies and Steve Novak and Matt Bonner, who can do nothing. They contribute nothing but shoot threes, and they shoot the lights out. Particularly Novak. He is uh, he's a, he's the one of the best, he's the best three-point shooter this year. I think he is. Brian Anderson's been tremendous as well. He was tremendous last year. Uh, Kyrie Irving's interesting. I think he is a, he's still a very good shooter. I didn't know he was that good at the three-point shooting. Yeah, I mean, his numbers are actually better than I thought they were. He's uh, at uh, 43% from distance, and he's in the top ten. I think Paul George, I mean, he could be a guy, because a lot of times the three-point cutters, you have a guy like when Paul Pierce went a few years ago that no, that may be a little bit of an underdog. I think Paul Pierce won it a couple of years ago. Yeah, he won it a few years ago. Yeah, I was like, just... why is he in? He's shooting like 30% for three. He ended up winning it. So I think, I think Paul George could actually uh, – he could do some uh, potentially one, even though 
the guy I really think is going to win, I'm going to go with, and my Knicks fans are going to hate me for it, but I'm going to go with Matt Bonner winning it. I can see him winning it. I think Bonner's going to win it. 42%. Anytime yeah. you're in the 40s is great. Absolutely. I want to see Steph Curry win it. Uh, because yep. a lot of people are saying he should have been in one of the uh, the reserves in the All-Star game. Yeah. yeah I believe he will be. Will he be there? He may be, I don't know, for in terms of an injury. Well, not a lot of East injuries, uh, not a lot of West injuries. That is true. Uh, Tim, I think Tim Duncan's the only one. Yeah. Unlike the East, which uh, the team isn't garbage, but um, the rest of the players around it, we have, who is it? Uh, uh, Rhea, I say Ray John Rondo. Uh, oh, yeah, Ray John Rondo yep. is out. Uh, is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I can't really think of any. You had Brooke Lopez, who I really thought deserved to get in on the first round. He's good. He went in for Rondo. So, but, uh, yeah, so I was incorrect. I thought maybe Curry would go in as, uh, you know, as basically kind of an alternate uh, or injury replacement, I should say. But I was uh, incorrect. And he unfortunately went out there. I think he deserves to be there. But um, you know, that's just the way it is. Yeah, not a lot of not a lot of starter not a lot of injuries, but um yeah. question about the coaches though. <laughs> Obviously Popovich deserves it. I don't understand why Eric Spolster is coaching the East. What's wrong with Eric Spolster? I don't think he's that good of a coach. I mean he has a phenomenal team with, Yeah. and the player who we will get to in a few seconds. Yeah. Uh, for an unbelievable streak that he's had. But he did a very good job before LeBron and Bosch got there. When it was Wade and nobody. He did so. That's true. They were like the four or five seed. Yeah, yeah. and that team was not good. Okay. Was Wade and garbage. Yeah. Uh, wow. I think Brian Grant was on that team. Oh, God. Uh, the very young Mario Chalmers. Oh. But um, I'm a good, good, good guy. Uh, your boy, uh, PJ Carissimo. Uh, uh, Mike, oh. Mike Woodson has done a, a fine yeah. job. Absolutely. Doc Rivers. Yeah, but I'm uh, looking forward to the. Uh, do you think the uh, the West will win it this year? Um, you know, looking at the roster on their home turf, they are in the home turf. But I mean, home field advantage. This game, I really don't think means anything. I think looking at it top to bottom, I think the West are going to win. But I, th- I mean, the East with how good LeBron's playing with uh, their key guys, I think they'll have a solid team. But I think top to bottom, the West have a stronger club. Just looking at their bench players, you have James Harden. You know, of course, the crowd will be all excited to see him play. Yeah. Tony Parker, uh, Russell Westbrook, Zach Randolph, and David Lee, I think is a quite a, quite a yeah. good second line against Joe Kim Noah, uh, Drew Holiday, Paul George, and uh, Lou Aldang. So, I want to see the West. Brooke Lopez, uh, Bosch is a reserve yeah. as well. Tyson Chandler. Chandler's on it, yep. yep. As he should be. Absolutely. Much deserving player. Very good this year. So, yeah, so skills challenge. No idea who's in it. I'm pretty sure Chris Paul or someone will yeah, win. Yeah, probably. Uh, Tony Parker won it last year. I watched. It's good stuff. It was funny. I remember when it was in Dallas in 2010. I was there. At the, I was not there. I'm at there. The, I was there, though. There you go. At the convention center, yeah. they had sort of a, like, well, it was huge, but they had a lot of, they had the court where Dwight Howard broke the Guinness Book of World Records for a half court shot sitting down. Okay. That was that was around they had the old TNT studios and everything, NBA T V. And then they had a little place where you could do the skills challenge, three point contest. Oh wow. And uh, I actually did a little, little, little skills challenge. <laughs> Excuse me. Not as much as uh, it's not as good as Steve Nash, but uh it's hard, it's tough. I think I understand why you don't want to get rid of it. You know, you have to dribble through obstacles and 
Yeah. You know, bounce pass right. It really has to be a pure precision on these uh, these players. Of course, they do it every day. Sure. So, needless to say. Uh, speaking of all-stars, former all-star, Derek Rose told, uh, announced earlier this week that he is not going to come back until he's 110%. The only problem is that's all he pre- all, pretty much all the information he gave us. Yeah. Because he said he could either come back, you know, tomorrow, <laughs> in a month, or, you know, in a year. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on D-Rose not giving the Bulls a strike? Because the Bulls have been doing pretty well. But now it sort of puts them in this limbo where you do know, you don't know yeah. when he's coming back. Is that a good or bad decision by the I think that there's a little more to the story that's being reported. I think a lot of it's being driven by Adidas and all that. Because they, you know, he obviously plays her. I think that they know a timetable for him. And I think that they know he's going to be. I don't think that Derrick Rose is going to be, you know, you know, keeping them in the dark. Of course, though, as my great uh, political science, AP uh, government teacher in high school, junior high school, the great Ray Mises, Ray said it is impossible to give more than 100%, so, because it's just technically impossible. So, just to be a buzzkill. So, but, uh, yeah, I do, I do think he'll be back this year. I think it's progress from what I can tell. And Lord knows I'm no insider in Chicago. But, um, or as far as I'm letting on. So, but I think he'll be back this year. And you know what? Uh, it will be great for the Bulls to play back because, you know, they've been really good this year. They've, their offense is pretty punchless. Yeah, they have a lot of, like, perfect scores. And they have Noah, who's an all-star. Yeah. They have Nate Robinson running the point. <laughs> a very old Rip Hamilton. Uh, Luol Deng was hurt for some time. He's an all-star. He's done pretty well. <laughs> He was also last year. He's an all-star caliber player, borderline. Yeah, and Carlos Boozer. No, he is an all-star this year. What am I saying? Yeah, he's an all-star. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, but uh, he's in hurt. He's in prone to injury. Yeah. And uh, reigning coach of the year, Tom Thibodeau. So he has, he has a very good first line. I wouldn't say very good second line. Mm, yeah. Especially after last year, because last year's team, a lot of guys, they got more money elsewhere, and they kind of, they chipped out a little bit. And I think they'll admit that, you know, it's, you know, their team was near the cap, so. Yeah, because we, uh, we talked actually last week about the same Bulls team that got waxed by the Denver Nuggets. Yep. So I think it's not. Why are you saying it's, it's been driven by Adidas? They're well, saying they're not going to want one of their star endorsers back. Yeah, I think. get hurt again? Yeah, I think that Adidas is trying, you know, they're trying to drum up this whole thing where, like, you know, to keep him in the news, keep it, people talking about it, because, you know, it is All Star weekend right now. So I think that he is, I mean, definitely they're not going to bring him back if he's not healthy. I mean, that's just common sense. So I think that they're just trying to do it, keep his name in the news, and that, you know, well, well that's what I thought. That's, that's just my simple every yeah. day. Well, it's February 15th now. When do you think Mr. Rose will be back on the court? I think he'll be back by the playoffs. So in, like, April. Yeah. I, I would actually... Yeah, or I'll say I'll, I'll give you time till early April. So for when I'm wrong, which I usually again, which I am, so that we'll have that on record. Usually, right though, most of the time. We'll try, but uh, you know, I think for the, I think for the sake of his health, I think we should just send him out the rest of the season. Yeah, because we're in the playoffs. That's yeah, that's when teams give you know hundred. That's when they give a hundred percent, not hundred ten. Uh-huh. Apparently, according to your boy, your professor, it's yep. wrong to get hundred and ten. <laughs> but 
I might as well just say rest them for the season. I, I think that's a Allow you let the Bulls move on. Yeah. And get ready to sort of rebuild but next year. Does, is that what Rose wants? He probably wants to come back and help the team win. So I think that could potentially be something. I, I think it's a very valid point. It was somebody I talked to, something I talked about early in the year. You know what? If it's like close to the playoffs, you know, just let them be. You know, make sure he's 100% going in the next season. Don't take that risk. But, you know, knowing him and how determined he is to come back, he's probably, once he's healthy, going to want to play back no matter what. So Yeah. Uh, Stay with basketball news. Uh, the Golden State Warriors announced this week that they will be adapting a new prototype for basketball jerseys with sleeves on. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? I don't think the last NBA team to wear sleeves, I don't even remember. Yeah, I've I've never I've heard I've heard one. I've heard sources that a college team yeah. wears sleeves. Yeah, I can see that. But uh there's no, I don't think there's been an NBA team. Yeah. I mean Well the bad basketball jerseys cut sleeves. Yeah, exactly. That's like, you know, that's like what um a baseball jersey with a button up yeah. and a football jersey is the one with all the holes in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh what are your thoughts on um a special design fabric by Adidas? Yes. Bring it to the NBA. You know, I think it is. I don't like it. It's more of like the aesthetics. I don't think it looks great. You know, because we are so used to seeing it without, you know, without any sleeves. I mean, if there is like, if like they start when they play this year, if they start shooting even better, or it affects it their. It could be a growth. really big trendsetter. It could. If it works for them, it is a great team to try it out. Absolutely. If, if it, it works, we could see it. It be the new wave, and um. In, uh, kind of jersey design in the NBA. I mean, I, personally, I don't really like it. But again, I'm not a, you know, I couldn't tell you if it'll help them or not. If it helps them, you know what, why not? But it, looks, it looks ugly. I'm, I'm just going to be the first Yeah, I mean, that. yeah. Like I said, aesthetically, I don't love the look. As opposed to wearing, you know, just an undershirt. Yeah. They always wear those, you know, tight, dry-fit undershirts anyway. Um, a lot of guys on NBA TV are saying it's a bad thing because... You never want you want your you know sleeves to be gone. Yeah. When you shoot, you have a full range, three sixty motion of your arms. But it'd be interesting, guys like Harrison Barnes, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. What happens with them? Just an interesting little tidbit that we picked up this week. Absolutely. We go uh, short sleeves of here course. on this show. But um, it's sort of interesting because the converse of it is you see guys like uh, Cameroon, uh, their national team in soccer wore cut sleeves. Uh-huh. Or tried to for the, I think it was the O2 World Cup. And uh, my boy, my brother John Gardner, can test me on that. The legend. Because they, the FIFA said, no, you have to wear sleeves. So yeah, like, they had to sew on um, like black sleeves on their jerseys. So. Oh, that just sounds awful. It does, yeah. But uh, they officially announced the finalists for the, call it the Basketball Hall of Fame. Um, surprise notables, I think, is the gloves. Absolutely. Gary Payton. Tim Hardaway, who was recently had his jersey retired by the Miami Heat. And uh, Mitch Richmond. But uh, my favorite who was nominated is uh, Jerry Tarkanian. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mark the Sharp, former UNLV coach. We did uh, a couple weeks ago, the Football Hall of Fame was announced. We never really got a chance to talk about that, did we? Um. Yeah, we did, because it uh, might as well. I mean, if, I mean, if you want, I mean, if couple weeks late, but, I mean, hey, we can talk about it. Yeah, it's all talk about whatever, whatever you want. Uh, other big guys, uh, Mo Sheets, uh, current assistant coach for the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. 
I uh, of the list. Uh, I mean, you also have Rick Pitino. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna. Eh, he's gonna well, because it is also it is. I mean, the thing that I don't like about Hall. Yeah, it's not pro, and it's not it's not just pro. It is also that in college. So that's why I don't love the basketball Hall of Fame. And uh, I was uh, enjoyed uh, Bill Simmons' proposals to uh, scrap it. God, I really want to get in. I mean, the glove. You know, it's interesting. A great what if. What would have happened in the uh, the '96 Finals if had uh, Gary Payton, best probably the best defensive guard of his generation, particularly at the point, he's the only non-big guy I think believed to uh, win Defensive Player of the Year. So Chris Bowen. Well, he's he's you know he's a small forward, yeah, I guess. But um, to Columbus. yeah. So I it would would happen if they had him covering Jordan because once they switched him to Jordan, which took like a few games, like Jordan was a little out of his element. A guy I really want to get in is Bernard King. I mean, Bernard King, uh, New York basketball legend. He was one of the greats, set that famous scoring record in MSG that Kobe broke a few years ago. Oh, was that for the uh, the 60 points or more? Yep. So I really I really hope Bernard King gets in. I think he deserves to get in. He had a great career. I mean, yeah, he did was hurt a little bit by uh, some drug usage, but it was also at a time where – it happened a lot. So I really think he deserves to get in. He um, was definitely one of the great players in NBA history. Certainly one of the elite scorers. That's true. Uh, not not to be confused with uh, the other Bernard King, Texas A&M grad, who That's plays true. with Vlad Moldovan, who AU's own, in uh, La Harve in France. Well, there you go. All right. And the final story. Definitely the final thing we can end up for NBA talk is uh, I want to talk about LeBron James. Oh, yeah. um, I believe it was on Wednesday night when they played the Portland Trail Blazers. Came the first player in NBA history to score 30 points in six consecutive games, shooting 60% or more, eclipsing a record set by Adrian Dantley. Oh, yeah. And um, hold on, and the last on the next player. And we're going to get to it. But, but apparently he dropped 39 last night. Yes, he did. So this guy, this guy can't be stopped, can he? No, he is playing basketball right now. Uh, well, some of the best basketball I've seen in a while. I mean, there are a lot of people that are saying, oh, it's the best run of all time. And Moses Malone is the second guy. So that's, yeah. that's good company. Yeah, that's very good guys. Guys. I don't know if it's the best run ever, because there was a time where uh, Michael Jordan had a uh, guy stretch of like, I remember Michael Wilbon was talking about it at PCI a few days ago, of like 10 or more, might have been 12 straight triple doubles. Which I think that is insane. But LeBron, what I think he realized what he is that he, first off, I mean, he, well, obviously he's the best player in the NBA. But what uh, has really impressed me, offensively, he is t- only taking shots he knows he can make. He's taking these high preventive shots. That's why this shooting percentage is so high. Because I remember when his young days at Portland, he thought he was. I mean, he is a solid three point shooter. He's definitely not his forte. But he can, you know, definitely step outside and pop it three. But isn't, it's weird. Isn't, he doesn't like to shoot threes. Yet. Yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, he, especially, especially he's focusing on the low post game. Played a little bit. It's, him yeah. and uh, Carmelo shared a little bit of the four with yeah. the, uh, the Redeem team. Absolutely. This past Olympics. So. Was, they couldn't be stopped. And he can't be stopped. He, he, nobody can stop. It's, that's very interesting. I'm like uh, Detective Kevin Durant. Yep. Of the new Foot Locker commercials, which are awesome. They are. But, um... Yeah, but recently uh, Michael Jordan, who just turned 50, wants to have a birthday to uh, 
Is there enough? Yeah, in case you haven't noticed it, you know, with all the saturation of coverage this week from ESPN NBA. Yeah, he is the greatest NBA player. But like, come on. Like, it's Charles Barkley's 50th birthday, like, the same time period as well. And you got tweeted by him. Or oh. showed on TV. When his birthday was last year. That is uh, that is true. That's right. That is very true. Great call. I, I You're welcome, Flo. That was, like, the second time in a few months that I had been on the NBA and TNT via my tweet. Great stuff. Great yeah. stuff. Good first half of the thing. When we come back, uh, NASCAR talk. Yeah. Friend Unlimited is coming up. And I think we got a great song coming up as well. Yes, we do. But once again, this is Snack Radio, blogtalkradio.com. Come back with a tweets from Flow and interesting uh, tidbits. As we talk, we mentioned uh, Lindsey Vaughn last week, continuing over her speedy recovery. And uh, Jaron Berman had no idea who she was. Yeah, it was but I uh, have some more Olympic news. As two big stories broke this week, NASCAR, once again, just keep it locked here on Fanatic Radio.
Back here on Fanatic Radio, Ronald Gardner, the notorious Ben Florence. So let's thank Don Wall and the radio program for Procter and Gamble to participate in the new craze phenomenon, the Harlem Shake, which was on the quad today in front of MGC. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, this is one of the worst means to come out in the wild. Like, yeah, I get the whole thing. You got one guy dancing, and then you got, like, you know, nonsense at this certain point in the song. But it's just like, I don't. I don't think it was ever funny. A friend of mine out at uh, uh, Cal Poly, and um, like he was the first person that showed me this and showed me all these stupid videos. And then like, I mean, and then it came out. Yes, I got it. Right as after I post, I uh, I think I tweeted something. I'm like, I I hate. To, I can't. If I never see one of these things again. Like, I think either within a day I got an email or an invite, I think by Claude, like, join, oh, join the um, thing. And, like, every school is doing it, so it's obviously not funny anymore. Like, I saw on, um, I think it was NASCAR on Facebook, sent links to Michael Waltrip's, Michael Waltrip Racing having one and Jeff Gordon's team having one. And it was the 2014, dude. Yeah, that was actually the first time I saw it was so bad. Uh, Baltimore Sun intern, former Washington Times reporter Tom Shad, mm. tweeted about it, and I was like, okay, well, I was like, what's up with this? And he sent me this video of these four guys just going crazy out of their mind in the dorm room, and then apparently it's just blown up. It's uh, T Pain's made one. Uh, good, our good friend Jeff Gordon's made one. Uh, AU is already a week behind on it. Classic that that uh, that school would do that, but I love that's what our society has become. We had the call me maybe phase which got as far as uh, Craig Sager and the Staples Center yeah, that, staff, the Redcoats, singing it. Yeah. Uh, Great song, though. Gang Style. Yeah, I got it. Which uh, the NFL Today, you said, did it? Or Fox, NFL and Fox. Yeah, oh, that, was, oh, that was... And now we have... Don't get me started on that. Now we like, have, I liked it. I'm like, come on. Theirs was funny, though. I, it was like a month after. Exactly. So now it's only now it's only a matter of time before ESPN ruins this. Yeah. Because I first thought it was funny. The song itself, you know, I like the like techno music. It's all right. Yeah. But um, that's right. NASCAR's coming up. Yeah. Uh, media day on a media, media week was last week. Uh, Flo and I are bouncing around from uh, city to city. Absolutely. Trying to figure out what is going on. Uh, Sprint Ultimate. No more of the Bud shootout. It is uh, very sad to see that go. But um, who won it last year? Roddy Bush did, didn't he? It was, I believe it was Kyle Bush. Spun out. 
Yeah, you're right. Yeah, spun out and ended up winning it. But um, now I think that was the first thing on the NASCAR.com uh, site. Exactly. I think that might have been it. But um, Absolutely. so now is the debut of the Generation Six. Of course, the last time these cars were on the track was a like billion car pileup. Yeah. Uh, Jail Dale Jr. quoting saying it was an embarrassment to uh, him driving. But um, a lot of big stories going into this NASCAR season. Absolutely. Obviously, the new car, new Na- NASCAR's newest power couple. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse yeah. Jr. and Danica Patrick. Yeah. That really has, that hasn't happened to NASCAR. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's kind of weird because, I mean, NASCAR weird. is so male-dominated. You've never, we've never, there's only been like a handful. I could probably count them on my hands. Not a woman that have raced in NASCAR. And Shauna uh, Robinson. Shauna Robinson, uh, which was, was awful. The old uh, damn racing team, the, the old 49. Oh, uh, God. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think it'll be weird because they are now, they're competitors on the track. You know, they're both going for rookie year. You know, I think Stiles is a clear favorite for that. But when Brad Kozlowski, I think last week was on, or it might have been the week before, was on, uh, pardon the interruption. Man, we're getting BTI a lot of plugs at the show. I don't love know those guys. They love us as well. They, they, they very much do, just down the road. But, um, you know, former, former Atlantic, Atlantic video still. Yeah, I think, or well, yeah, they don't do it. I don't think they do it there with our but, good friend Todd Zeman, Internet Around the Horn. Absolutely. Going by the same company. Yep. And building. And, but anyways, um, Brad Keselowski made the point, what happens, like, when they break up or if things go a little rocky? I mean, if, you know, they're both involved in an incident. And, or, again, or if, as you said, what happens if they break up? I mean, how is that going to affect things on the track? It's very weird. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I think it's, I think it's very odd. Very, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's funny. I think NASCAR needs something like this. Okay. Uh, especially when they go down to Sudan, Alabama. Yeah. Uh, what other tracks? Darlington. Yeah. And I mean, they're already in Daytona, but um, going down to this, this, you know, the Bible Belt tracks. Yeah. I think it's very interesting to see. Because Ricky Stenhouse is sort of the up and coming driver. He's the, yeah. you know, two time nationwide series champion in a row. Exactly, and uh, back in the in the shoes of Matt Kenseth, so now he has to be focused, this is his time, and then he ends up dating, you know, one of the most popular drivers in NASCAR, who a lot of people really like and don't like. There's no really middle ground with Danica Patrick. Absolutely. Uh, another big story, uh, Brad Keselowski defends his title with Ford. Yes. He switched in uh, engines. I think he'll fare pretty well. I think he'll fare think well this year, yeah. Uh, Joey Logano is a teammate, which could be interesting. Yeah, and the uh, the history that Joe Logano has had, he has had spurts of brilliance, and then when he hasn't done well, he's been very vocal about it. Yeah, uh, my boy Jeff Gordon is a continuous hunt for a driver five, so this is probably one of the best shots he's had at winning a championship. I mean, of course, he has said that many times in years yeah. past. What's interesting, I think, about Logano is that he, I mean, you feel like he's been around for several years. I think this will be his fifth full year in Cup. He doesn't turn twenty three until for several months. But, yeah, like I said, he's still 22 years old. He's still really young. That's why I really think that uh, – I really think he's got a bright future. I mean, yeah, he has been a disappointment, but I think that's more of the wave of hype that surrounded him. Or the team that's been around him. And the, t- the team that went around him, you know, replacing Tony Stewart. Not, not an easy task. Not an easy task for anybody. So, I, you know, I think it is – but I think he's got a bright future. He's got a good teammate in Brad Keselowski who uh, came up a little differently than did, uh, you know, he kind of had to scrabble and 
fight hard to uh, through to get you know that that one race truck ride, and then started running nationwide for Dale Jr. So and Logano kind of almost had it. Well, I don't want to say he had it made because he definitely had to show the talent. But he's been supported by Gibbs, uh, you know, basically since the uh, the E series. He dominated there, yeah. Yeah, dominated the nationwide series as well. Yeah. He, so, I, but I really think brought future preference, and I would not rule out him making the chase. Really, I'm gonna throw that out there. I would not rule him out. I actually almost thought about it. I, I did. I think I put him around 16th, 15th, 16th. But I think that he could make the chase. It was uh, good, very good team, very good equipment, great teammate. I feel like the shoes of uh, the one Sam Morris Jr. and AJ Allmendinger, yep. who rumors are saying he could fill Ryan Briscoe's seat in the IndyCar series. How about that? If he goes back to IndyCar, he dominated because it's so road course based now. Which he did fantastic with uh, Paul Tracy as a teammate. Paul Tracy. I have no idea. Last time I saw him race was a. Uh, at the uh, the Brickyard GP, which is the uh, Rolex Sports Car Series race at Indianapolis, racing the M and M's like prototype. I'll shake his hand. Actually, it's very cool. Very cool. Uh, childhood hero, one of the fiery heads in NASCAR. But so, so we have power couples. We have new cars. We have Peter writing a letter to Dale Jr., which is hilarious. Yeah. Um, granted that he hunts and has a huge lot, owns his own full moon and everything. You think he'll do well this year? Yeah, you know, I really think he is going to do well. I think that. I hope he does. I I really think that this could be. I didn't pick him to win the title when I posted my. Uh, Who did you pick? I had you, had, picked, you had James Busher win the trucks. Who yeah. did you have nationwide? I had. Uh, I think I went with Salad. I was really going back and forth. Yeah, I went with Salad. Really went back and forth between Salad and Austin Dillon. I think it's going to be an excellent uh, title for Salad. Former. Yeah, Childress. Yeah, and now he's running for Gibbs. So with the Brian Vickers, Vickers is a teammate. That's a good duo, too. Vickers to win. But the guy I got winning it all, you're going to like this. I think I think Denny Hamlin is going to win the title. This he was my pick last year. I said he was one of the guys back when we were on the old WVAU studio. Yes. Oh, baby. So he um, when it's, it's very it's very tough to lose coming second in the in the chase. Yeah, uh, Carla. It's it's sort of like when the Super Bowl team loses in the championship. <laughs> Always have a pretty down year. The Cardinals, never been the same after that. The Seahawks took them a while, took them to Pete Carroll just to make back to the playoffs. And uh, interesting to the 49ers will do this year. But um, Denny Hamlin lost to Jimmy Johnson, had a down year, had a great year this season. Carl Edwards lost to Tony Stewart. Yeah. Had one of the worst, statistically one of the worst seasons of his career. No wins. Uh, and so now second place this year was um, Clinton Boyer. Yes. But uh, barely snuck in after Jimmy Johnson fell apart. Exactly. So I'm thinking Jimmy Johnson could be the guy with the struggling year this Possibly. year. Boyer. Because now you have Jeff Gordon, who pretty much has nothing to lose after last year's win at Homestead. Yeah. And his, You're not going to like where I put it in my uh, and his, uh, preview. <laughs> I'm a little interested to see what happens. But it's very sad that for him because he will have not have DuPont on the side of his car for uh, a few races, I think, because DuPont was bought out yeah. by a new company. So, as my aunt would say, the Rainbow Warriors are no more. Yep, yep, unfortunately. You have your boy Casey Keene in second. Well, I, I think I think is a Hendrick's main driver this season. I, I agree 100%. He, I mean, he started really poorly last year. Like, for like, through seven races, I think he was still like in the 30s. 
But once he found a groove, he's really good everywhere. He's really good at pretty much, I mean, and he's always been phenomenal at the intermediate tracks, which dot the chase. So I really think he and Kenny Francis are a great pairing. They've got the excellent equipment. They've got the sponsorship. They've got the backing of Hendrick. So I really think that this is, could be kind of his more of a breakthrough year because he kind of came out a little out of nowhere, had a great rookie year, really made the chase. A couple of years later, he had that big season where he won like six times. So, but I really think that Casey Kane could have a really big year. Yeah, because um, yeah, Taylor, Taylor Jr. It's not that he's snake, but this is his first full season, second full season with Steve Letarte. Um, or is it second right? or, I think third. Yeah, or maybe actually, no, I think it may be second full. Because usually NASCAR, it's sort of like uh, college basketball. It takes a recruiting class when you make a switch. Yeah, it takes a while for it to adjust. Of course, Junior always has that. He always has his tracks that he's not good at, and yeah. those tracks always come back to haunt him. Jimmy Johnson is, I think, so especially last year with his team. Uh, yeah. It's only a matter of time for the speculation and the rumors start doubting will the checks now Jimmy Johnson pairing somehow come to an end. And don't forget, there was rumors that before the year before he won his first championship, when he was going second when Tony Stewart won it, and then Greg Bibble ended up finishing second in the points, there were rumors that because he made a call to try and make, I think he was – to go like uh, maybe no tires or two tires only, and then a tire blew, and he had to finish like 39th. And that there are rumors that they almost broke that pairing up. And then they, of course, went out and won, you know, the six titles. So that was in the uh, the, uh, the crowd of tomorrow, not this new car, which could be no, a that, Yeah, that, yeah that, no, that was the car of yesterday. Oh, really? So Tony Stewart won it, and Johnson finished. But he ended up fourth in the points. Well, no, not that that oh. car, but when he won his five. Oh, he, oh, yeah. All yeah, of them yeah. in the car tomorrow. I think actually had, one of them wasn't. Yeah, I think the first one was. But anyway, car tomorrow, gone. Car yesterday, if you will. That uh, yeah, was a bad idea. And I really, like, just kind of push it along, you know. I really think Kyle Busch is going to have a big bounce back here, too. That's right. Didn't make the chase. Yeah, but he was very he had a bunch of races. Races. And Yeah, I, re- I really think that, I mean. Because the last time he was actually good was in 08. Yeah, he's been he's been very inconsistent. Yeah, exactly. He was. Yeah, he was. I think a lot of it had to do with um, with Tony Stewart being his teammate. Yeah. Maybe Tony Stewart as a teammate, and then when he sort of got Danny Hamlin as his teammate, Danny Hamlin started doing really well. So now well, this I mean, well, they they were the three of them were always together. When Kyle Busch took over, he took over for JJ Yaley. Oh God! And but Hamlin was already there, right? And so was Stewart, right? I doubt the Stewart was only there for two more years yeah. when he left the corner of the uh-huh. team. Maybe interesting now we see when you bring in Matt Kenseth, yep. who statistically had a very good year, multiple top tens. Yeah, and it finished very strong. I think he finished fifth in the point. Yeah. Which I was, I thought he would finish a little lower because, you know, you know, he was a, uh, um, what's the word, but a uh, lame duck. Yes. Say. But uh, last year was uh, Michael Waltrip Racing, which sort of yeah. a big surprise. Cowboy finishing second, doing very well. Uh, Brian Vickers, Mark Martin, Mark the Kid Martin. Yep. And who uh, made the Chase Trucks. Well, who is the big surprise team you'll see this year? Uh, surprise team? I guess out of the major teams. It's not like we're going to say, like, Furniture Row Racing. Kurt Bush is going to go out and win the yeah. 20 races. That would be awesome. If he, I think he can win it at uh, Furniture Row. But, because uh, I think I have equipment not off, but I think it's good equipment. But I think a driver, hmm, I could really surprise. 
scroll down a little bit so I could uh, see who do I got. I got um, that's a Biff. Pretty much, you got your point. dominated the regular season. Yes, he did. And I picked him. You had him win the whole thing, didn't you? Uh, I did actually go into the chase. I thought he was going to win it all because I thought he was consistent. I really think, I mean. Happy Harvick in his last season. Yeah, I don't know. Because, I mean, he was very, very, he was very inconsistent last year. And so, you know, I don't have, like, a huge surprise. Like, if anybody getting the chase, I've got guys getting back in. Like, uh, yeah, I mentioned uh, like Rowdy Bush, Carl Edwards, I think he'll get back in. I think this is the year he wins it. You think so? I think Carl, I think Carl Edwards will, because Matt Kintz is gone. Yeah. So it's essentially, it's, I'm not going to say it's his team, but you can see sort of like, I'm trying to, he's sort of like when Aaron Rodgers was quarter, was back up to Brett Favre. Okay. Because Kintz has won the 500, he was their big guy, then he sort of had uh, the Donald Driver was Greg Biffle. Okay. Another I, good, I another good out, another good out man to have. Now that Favre is retired, it is Carl Edwards' team because, you know, he was last year. I think he became a dad. Yeah. And so he had all of that behind him, and now it's he has nothing to lose essentially. Yeah. But he knows what it takes. Absolutely. And with this new, I, and with this new I, car, I, much like much like the car of tomorrow, Carl Edwards went out. That was the year he won like eight races. Yeah, including cool. late in the. Ra- Last year, race of the year, where he went out and won, it was winning on fuel mileage. But I, I kind of really think I don't have to make him a chase, but I have him just missing out. That I really think it's surprise of a big year is uh, Ryan Newman. Almost made it last year. He almost made it last year. And if you remember, and uh, look it up. His crew chief this year is Matt Borland. Matt Borland was also his crew chief when he had those awesome years of Penske, when he was winning polls like almost every weekend. Yeah, that year where he uh, finished, uh, he won like eight races, and he was a top tier driver back then. I mean, he's always been a top tier driver, but he's had some inconsistent years. I could, I do, would not be surprised at all if Ryan Newman had a big year. He, he's another guy. He's very good at a lot of tracks. I really think that Borland connection. But the thing that I think the asterisk with that team, how are they going to respond with now having a third team to divvy up the resources with the aforementioned Danica Patrick? And so I, you know, I think that that could also will play a, play a part. I think in Stewart and Newman this year. Yeah, but I get, but I could see Newman have a really good year, but I don't. And whenever I say that, I could see something happening. Usually that ends up happening, and I feel like an idiot for not actually going out with a limb. So we're good on limbs. We're good at limbs, but uh, we. Hey, I've got all my limbs. Yeah, all my limbs. For now. Yeah. Bruise my limb. Uh, bruise, oh, a, bruise a foot. Oh my! Playing a I hurt my back playing real basketball. Oh god! The old coach, you know, got weak. I always tell my players, you know, they always ask me why I don't play on the club team. Why I coach? I always say I got weak knees. Yeah. So um, we'll stick by that. But uh, so quick Olympic news before we get to uh, tweets from Flo. Uh, story broke that uh, Blade Runner, yeah, charged with murder, yeah, on an alleged case. Uh, in his home in South Africa, found a nine millimeter gun. It completely just taints what he built and what he uh, you know did this past uh, summer or this past summer in London. Without question, I mean this whole thing. I read this and I had to read it a couple times over when I first broke. It's so it's just so like really out of nowhere. I mean, South Africa always has uh, you know has a reputation of being a little bit of a lawless country. There's always been crime issues there. And the initial story was that he thought that there was an intruder in the house. He shot and killed her, and it turned out to be his wife. His girlfriend. Or his girlfriend, I should say. 
And so I, I'm not certain what the, uh, but then they're saying that they don't think that really was the case. So, but I mean, it's just so bizarre. It was, it really is. It's just such a shame that, you know, because he was such a great story. You know, you know, first double entity competing in the modern Olympics. Absolutely. So now this whole thing is just incredibly bizarre, and shocking, and pretty sad that you know this. This kind of thing happened. Yeah, I know. It's um, just for what he did. What he did. It's totally, totally Lance Armstrong. Now he sort of uh, stood on top of everyone. But um, quickly before we're running out of time, they, apparently the uh, IOC is kicking wrestling out of the Olympics, putting him in a pool along with baseball, softball, and other sports that want to join. This has been a sport that uh, pretty much was founded on the coattails of the Olympics. Yes. In the Greeks. Are you sad to see it go? Yeah, I think it's. Pretty pretty ridiculous and dumb that they call my boys that wrestle. Absolutely. I mean, here's the thing: if the Olympics they want to cut some sports, that's fine. Nobody's going to argue with that. The, the Summer Olympics this year, even though I wasn't able to watch a whole lot of it, I was working at my camp, which I'm actually wearing one of our staff shirts for one of our uh, Bug. weekends. A camp, YMCA camp on Mackey, North Hero, Vermont. Check it out. I think they're still taking uh, registration for uh, the summer. Get in the mix or. Uh, but um, anyways, so I really think that with the uh, so you know the Olympics were a little bloated. So you want to cut down it? That's fine. I got nothing wrong with that. But why would you cut a the wrestling? Because I mean it is an original Olympic sport. Well, it's like they cut track. You just can't cut a sport that's been a exactly. And it, I mean it's not the not the biggest draw on TV. But it is still a pretty worldwide popular sport while you keep on modern pentathlon, which nobody really cares about. And it's not that popular. And thus, but they keep that. Nobody knows why. They keep, like, taekwondo, which is popular in South Korea and nowhere else. So it's dominated. It is dominated by that. I mean, as everyone's pointed out, the money thing, you know, you have Samsung, big South Korean company, big sponsor of the Olympics. So you have that. But uh, I really think taking wrestling out, I think it's outrageous. And if you're keeping sports like that or judo, which are not that popular, and don't get a lot of TV coverage when they are on the Olympics or at least in this country. So I think that wrestling being I think it's completely outrageous. And uh, hopefully we can get uh, some of our AU wrestlers to uh, speak their mind on this. It is a senior day tomorrow. Yes. Uh, at 7 p.m. live in Bend Arena. And we got the funk. Oh, well, uh, glory be, the funk's on me, Bobby. Keep that funk alive. Keep that funk alive. Keep that funk alive. As Ruby Collins sends us into the, the limelight, original commercials with uh, Vince Carter, former dunk champion, just to tie in our all-star weekend. Yeah. It is time for uh, tweets from Flo. We go to twitter.com slash bflo360 and look at what is in the mind of the notorious Ben Florence. Uh, you did tweet that you hate, that you can't stand the uh, Harlem Shake. Oh, awful. As we went to depth on that. But uh, your boy Charles Woodson from the pack yep. uh, has been cut or released from the team? Yeah, he was released. Uh, the team announced that it was reported that he was going to be released this morning. I mean, he really... He came to the team. He had a, didn't have a great last couple of years, and he's been for several years now a key leader. He's been awesome. 
one of really one of the, I think one of the great uh, who will go down, at least of, of recent memory, one of the great defensive players in team history. And he's had great years. He had that great year when he won defensive player of the year when he was unbelievable. So I won't miss him. I still think, I mean, he had some injury issues. He was, he was playing a safety. So I don't know what his future is going forward. But, I, you know, I won't miss him. I uh, grow to become one of my favorite Packers. And so, I mean, so, but, you know, I understand why they did it. It saves, it saves them some more money. And he, um, and, uh, you know, he had uh, some injury issues. He had some, I think, a, a misbunjugated with his neck. So, but I mean, I can see why they did it, but you know, it doesn't mean that you know, kind of sucks a little bit. Well, he was a big part in the the twenty eight, the twenty eight, two thousand nine, two thousand nine Super Bowl. Was it two thousand? No, it was uh, twenty uh, twenty ten. No, twenty February twenty eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, Super Bowl forty was my senior of high school. Super Bowl, <laughs> Super Bowl forty five yeah. uh, win. Although he did get hurt in that game, didn't he? He did. And, uh, yeah, I remember watching my folks and my family, of course. We're like, oh, what does it mean now? And now he's hurt. Uh, screwed him. But we ended up winning, persevering. So. Right. And uh, according to the uh, great uh, Clark Fine, you can't play forever. That's very true. And he's a man of many, uh, many things, including uh, owner of the Kansas City Chiefs. So. Or, yeah, no, it is Clark Hunt. Because it's fun. I, I had confused. I thought you were talking about Lamar Hunt. Oh. Pardon me. I was like, come on, Flo. My dad works for them. <laughs> And this, that is very true. All right, you, you tweeted uh, five hours ago. Uh, it looks like someone tried to break into. Oh, you mentioned that. Tried to into the Papa John. You yeah. mentioned before the show started. Mentioned uh, someone broke yeah. into Papa John's. The door was completely. Yeah, yeah, I was walking up the Safeway, which you're going Wisconsin toward. It's north, right? Yeah, you're going north. You're going toward. But that started going toward like the movie theater. I was go- walking the Safeway. Went on Wisconsin. Went a little longer way. I feel like get a little exercise. You know why not? And uh, it was resolution. Yeah, I don't know if it was a resolution. It was more when I came back. You know, I don't want to get eat better and all that. But anyways, so I see them like there are these guys working on uh, the door at the Papa uh, John's, right? You know, right across the street from uh, Steak and Shake. Not steak and Steak and Egg. Steak and Shake. Love Steak and Shake. Never been to a Steak and Shake. Very. I hear they're tremendous. So the next time I visit my friend out in Missouri, or I'm not in the place, I got to go. Got to go to one. But. They were fixing the door because I saw there was no window in the door because it is a glass door. And But I saw the ground. It was all shattered. They are putting a new one in. I saw a cop in there. So I guess it's somebody must have tried and rob a Papa John. I don't know why, but, you know, that, that's what happens. Exactly. It's like robbing, robbing that Papa John's is like robbing the Domino's that's, like, up the street. Yeah, like, I mean, come on. I know. Uh, and a funny one uh, that I noticed the other day was uh, you're watching Full House. Yeah, well, no, this was earlier today, actually. I got back from my walk, actually, so it, it kind of kind of ties in. I get back, and I was going to do some work, so turn on the TV, and I, I was watching the NBA and TNT last night. Go channel down, it was uh, ABC Family. I went, oh, it's full house. Man, keep it on. Oh, you know. it. Watched, oh, I think I probably watched every episode of Full House, because, you know, when I, especially when I was younger, it was on, like, all the time. So I don't I watched uh uh the end of one episode, start of another, then I'm like, all right enough. I gotta throw out some more some other stuff. But uh yeah. Alright, so uh that'll definitely do it for our show. Great show. Sort of uh got in, got out relatively quickly.
because uh, some of the things we missed, uh, Den- uh, and, uh, six, three, uh, Michael Vick uh, signed only for one year contract next yeah. year. Restructure, restructure, contract. And that's really good, coach. Definitely from the idea for that offense. But, uh, the first ultimate is, uh, this week's blown. I will try to, uh, bust down to Florida to, uh, face some of the 500 coverage. And, uh, that can't look to defend his 500 title. Crack the dog to look to defend his sub title. And hopefully, Danica Madison can send out the break up. <laughs> but, uh,